Anyways, this nurse was really cool. It's Jordan's brother. Oh. He's a... Uh, okay, so Houston has this situation, like medical capital of the United States, right? Um, where we brought in a bunch of traveling nurses for COVID, right? Mm-hmm. And traveling nurses make more money. Right. And... There's some kind of, I'm going to mess this up. Sorry if anybody's listening who knows things about medical. So this probably isn't a thousand percent accurate. But basically, nurses who are residents, like, couldn't, can't make travel pay, right? Like, you can't, like, I think you have to not have worked, like, full time somewhere for 60 days or something before you can be eligible for travel pay. And so... What travel pay is like relocation pay or just you like go through an agency like it reminds me a lot of like a missions agency where it's like this hmm. is like a travel company like a headhunter for and they set you up with a spot that needs travel nurses and you go there for whatever the contract length is. Okay. And so there's apparently there's like a huge shortage in nurses in Texas and Houston now because so many nurses have just quit like either go do travel pay or they're like this is stupid that like these other people are making way more than us right so now they need even more travel nurses in houston and so this guy is doing a four-week stint in houston basically he has like an hour he's like on call every day and he's got he's got an hour to get to the hotel lobby and so he can kind of do whatever until he gets called he's been in houston for a week and has not been called yet so he's been hanging out at the hotel getting paid Getting paid, you want to know what he's making for four weeks? $44,000. Shut up. Yes. $11,000 a week to be an on-call travel nurse. He's from Oklahoma. He's got and a wife so and a kid. so travel nurse means that you go to someone's home? No. like he's, he's at the hospital. the hospital. Yeah, he's actually at Texas Children's PICU. And so they just need... Apparently, this is the case everywhere where it's like there's people who are like on staff or whatever. Right. And there's always people who are like, you know, doing a rotation, this or that. And so... Like he'll, you wouldn't know if you were at the PICU that like he's, you know, an Oklahoma guy and he's just here for a month. But because I mean, they all, they all have the same stuff and same procedures and whatnot. And they put him up in a hotel and everything. Put him up in a hotel. He's got a per diem. Plus that fat salary. Crazy fat salary. Wow. So props, props for him, you know, you know, awesome So basically we need to all be a travel nurse. We need to get into the travel nurse industry. My takeaway was that I'm in the wrong profession. Podcasting just isn't, um... But don't we say that about every profession? Yeah. Like when you hear about what other people do and how much money they make, you're like, oh, I'm in the wrong business because this painter or this wallpaper guy is charging an arm and a leg for my bathroom. So I'm in the wrong business. But then if you think (laughs) about it, you don't really want to hang wallpaper. No. And I I did think about that as I was talking to this nurse. I was like, hey, I don't know if I could handle, you know, especially the PICU, like the little. Right. Oh, no. Oh, no, no, no. I have a friend that's a neonatal nurse Mm -hmm. in a cancer Mm-mm. wing Can't. she had to go to therapy when she first got into her is it mm-hmm. residency for a nurse even whatever when she got out of college and started doing her you know first rounds as a nurse in training i don't know what it's called so sorry but either way she had to go to therapy because it was so taxing on her yeah. and so many people they say quit in the first year because they're like i can't i think sarah simmons our our missions person here at cof our just doctor. talked about that no but she just talked about that on her facebook page that because it was a National Doctors' Day or something, and she said, "So many people want to quit their first year in the medical field because it's so hard." Yeah, I call her Doctor Sarah. Yeah. DS. It's Alcoda. Uh, it's tough. I can't imagine. I can't either. I didn't even want to think God about bless it. Doctors and teachers. Teachers are teachers the same. Teachers are amazing. Whew. 
Yeah. I, I could never do it. But what a discrepancy and disparity in pay. You yeah. know? That's what's not right. Yeah. That, that the travel nurse could make a teacher's salary in four yes. weeks. In one month. It's kind of crazy. So gross. I asked him, I talked to him about it. I was like, so wh- like, where is the money coming from? Is it the donations at the gas station? Like, is right. it the crazy like bills like that the insurance company and the out-of-pocket people are paying? Because like, sure. we know like sure. m- m- healthcare is expensive. It's a big industry. Big he's pharma, like, right? Yeah. So um, he's like, it's mostly FEMA. Like it's uh, it's it's tax money. Really? So it's, it's, it's disaster FEMA. relief. So it's a... Uh, it's, so travel nursing is not going to be a thing in a couple of years, maybe when it'll the be a thing, COVID thing is gone. Um, but basically anytime, just like we would send in uh, Red Cross or a National sure. Guard to a place that they, they also are sending in doctors okay, and nurses. Why such exorbitant salaries, though? Like, I think it's great for the nurse, but that that money could go to Ugh. so many. Uh, we have we have a huge homeless population in the U.S. Yeah. as a result of COVID. I mean, I'm sure it's it it highlights the need, I guess. Well, and it's specialized, but so, forty four thousand dollars in I, a month. Yeah, I think that it's that high because of because the need specifically in Houston. So it's kind of like when, out west when like the COVID first started becoming a big thing out west. There was yeah. also like really high pay to go out there and to go to New York and stuff like that. Um, and because it's kind of hazard pay, You're kind too. of going into a war zone. Um, yeah, yeah. And so I think it's that plus like the the stimulus package that they signed for this stuff was mm-hmm. like just outrageous, you know, trillions right. of dollars. Right. Um, so I, I think that, you know, it's divided <laughs> across yeah. all of us taxpayers. And I, right. I don't know. Well, that's crazy. There's always funny little uh, stuff like our taxes went up like crazy for our houses here and uh, we're fighting it. Don't worry. We right. are fighting it. Good luck if you're with a lawyer, that. call me. Um, Good luck with that. But uh, you just bought your first new house this year. Let me just go ahead and tell you, well, as a seasoned homeowner, no, it's a hard our last fight. house like it only would go up by like I don't know, like one or two grand a year. And it was I know. fine. This was like thirty grand. We're like, no, 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 yeah. no, no, no. Yeah, we're not paying another. Well, Jacob has an oasis in his backyard, so I'm a podcaster. They they Google, they did the Google flyover. I've got friends who said, are nurses. Whoa. They got they got some. It's like Cancun up in money. here. Yeah, no. Um, yeah, I don't know where we're going with that, but... We might not go anywhere with it. Yeah, let's go into the podcast. Let's talk about the podcast. Let's talk about the podcast on the podcast. Yes, Lord. This podcast, this is the Community Faith Podcast. I'm Jacob. I am Cherie. And we're here to talk about life and break down last week's message, which was Easter. Easter weekend. Oh my gosh. Yes. And Jacob was a superstar. He's not going to tout himself, but Mm. uh, if you were a part of our Good Friday service, meaning you came or you watched online, Jacob was the brainchild behind that service. I was the brainchild. You were. You were. It was my brainchild. You gave birth to your own brain, and it was amazing. It was, seriously, it was awesome. Thank you. Really, really great feedback from people about how much they learned. It was really fun. Um, Definitely could not have done it without some some key people um, in my corner, my wife and David Rudd and and Ray Prisoner. Um, Yeah. It it was fun. Teamwork makes the dream work. It was an experience for me. Like, it was a... I, I grew a lot spiritually sure. and in a lot of ways I'm stretched. And, well, um, I think what was so cool, though, is I think when people hear about a Good Friday service, they think of a traditional church setting and it's spooky and weird to people. And I think you made it understandable for people 
you know, like it wasn't just another worship service, but it told a story. And I think the story makes Easter make sense. And I think you really did a great job of making it relevant also and understandable for people. So good job. Because I've been to some Good Friday services at like, you know, high church, traditional churches, Mm -hmm. and it's gone way over my head. And I feel like the one that we did here was easily understood. Yeah. So I was going for like 85% cognition. Like I wanted people to be confused at times. Yeah. Because I wanted people going home to like thinking about it. Like after service in the lobby, people like, oh my gosh, you know, I loved it. But like, I didn't get that one thing. Right. It's like, I would just. Everything's not for everyone though. Well, yeah. And also I like, I didn't want to explain anything to anybody. Because like, I want people to go home and think about it. Like what, okay. What did that specific image or, you know, metaphor have to do with Holy Week? Um, and instead of me telling them, like, they're going home and they're like, they're trying to connect the dots. Right. And, and what's happening is they're thinking about Jesus in a brand new way. Right. They're kind of forced to. And so I didn't want to leave people in the dust artistically, but I also um, wanted there to be a little bit of that tension, specifically the tension of just, wait, what, what does that mean? I'm trying to figure this out. Like, clearly, like, there was intent behind this or that, but but right. why? I'm a little confused. And because some of the images, some of the imagery, like, I don't necessarily know for sure what that is specifically pointing to. Sure. And that sounds crazy coming yeah. from the artist, but, like, like the, the West Memphis Three story. Right. Like, you have these people who were pronounced guilty, and then 30 years later, they're released, and they're only released if they admit Plead that guilty. they're guilty. Right. And it's this weird situation Right I don't think the they trial. were admitting guilt. I think they were forced to plead guilty yeah, exactly. to get out of the jail. The judge that would is let insanity. them release, and the prosecutors would say, okay, we will right. you know, back you up, judge, if they enter a guilty plea. Um, but the so, fact that you found a parallel so closely related to what happened to Jesus, well, that's right. what I'm saying is so that, – that was just so powerful. But so like what I'm, what, I'm, what I'm trying to say about that is like I don't even know if that's supposed to be us since we're – the guilty who are allowed to go free, just like right. Barabbas, right? Um, so in the trial scene, you have you have these characters. You have Jesus, you have Pilate, you have Barabbas, and you have the crowd, right? right. Um, and so I don't know if the West Memphis Three were actually guilty, and they got to go free, like Barabbas, right? Um, well, the father of the son that was killed, though, exactly, says they were free. You know, he doesn't believe it. Or so, innocent, yeah. And so I don't even like that image. I don't. I don't really know if that's supposed to be Barabbas, if it's supposed to be us, if it's supposed to be Jesus. Um, but well, wherever- for me, the way I interpreted it, and I, I, don't, I don't know what your intention was, and it sounds like you're you're letting people decide for yeah, themselves. Absolutely. For me, it was Jesus. Right. It was saying, I'm taking on the guilt of the world, even though I came to the world in the flesh, blameless and sinless. Right. But I walked this earth so I could know what your strife was or yeah. what your strife. Who says strife? That's so churchy. The Bible. That's true. Either way, um, I put Jesus in that place. Oh, like absolutely. he had to. He had to be guilty to do the thing for the mm-hmm. for the law to be fulfilled. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, Super I just oh though. man, I just thought the service was so great. And I know this isn't like cheerleading, Jacob. This whole podcast, <laughs> yeah. but I can do that because I'm not you. And if you missed it, man, go to our YouTube channel and watch it. Because I don't, I don't. I'm sorry to say this, but it's just how I feel. If you weren't in the room, I think you're going to get a different experience online. But I think you can still. Um, get the vibe online of the imagery and the music and everything. It was just all so connected and cohesive. And yeah. um, I, I just think what was so cool too is that 
the resurrection alone is so mind blowing, right. right? It's hard to believe. Like I grew up in church, so I basically bought into the thing. And I'm sorry if that's a in correct way or politically incorrect way to say it, but but I grew up. That's all. This is all I've ever known. But I always wonder if I grew up not in the church and someone came to me when I was 25, 30 years old and said, Hey, Jesus is the son of God and he died and he came back to life and was resurrected, blah, blah, blah. Would I even believe that? Like that is, I just think that's crazy talk. Right. So what I loved about the good Friday service. And I think what's so important about knowing what happened the week leading up to the resurrection is it's even more craziness. I mean, it's crazy, you know, like, People mm-hmm. suck too, you know. Mm-hmm. Am I allowed to say that? Yeah, you are. But but the way people treated Jesus, I mean, he was here, you know, walking the earth, doing the good things, and I know it was only a few for a few years before he died. That's another thing I think people don't realize yeah. is he didn't really do all the things until the last few years of his life. Yeah, you know. But what an impact. Anyway, so God bless Good Friday service. It was fun. Um, gosh, you said something that made me want to get into it but we can leave it i mean it, it really led us right to an easter service that yeah i think that's the incredible. best part is that we had easter next morning or the next day and yeah and i think it came alive for people and even like i mean having mark and laura teach on the road to emmaus like right. you have this this same kind of story where it's like us talking about you know the imagery behind the Good Friday service and how like there's there's kind of this element of unknown, right? Um, really, is kind of drops us off at the road to Emmaus where it's like you have Jesus's followers who also didn't really understand all of this, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Can and, you explain the road to Emmaus? Because I don't I don't think everyone understands that. Yeah, and I grew could. up hearing about it, and and I know they talked about it in their message, but I think for people maybe that didn't watch or listen. I think it might just be worth it to like quick like read the story. I mean, sure. it's like it's like twenty verses, but you know, I could could kind of quick read it. Condense it. Um, this is Luke twenty four, thir- starting verse thirteen. Later that same day, this is like post resurrection and everything, but you know, the word hasn't really gotten out. Two of Jesus's disciples were walking from Jerusalem to Emmaus, a journey about seventeen miles. That is already. I mean, there. yeah, come on, <laughs> walking seventeen miles, almost a marathon. Uh, maybe they were on uh, donkeys or horses or something, camels. Um, they were in the midst Walking of would a have dis- been faster. <laughs> they were in the midst of a discussion about all the events of the last few days when Jesus walked up and accompanied them on their journey. Who is this strange guy? Jesus who just died and he just walks up like, Hey, what's up, y'all? They were they I were mean, una- seriously though, yeah. you've gotta put yourself in there. It's crazy time. They were unaware that it was actually Jesus walking alongside them, right? Uh, so God prevented them from recognizing him. Jesus said to them, you seem to be in a deep discussion about something. What are you talking about? So sad and gloomy. They stopped. One of them named Cleopas answered, haven't you heard? Are you the only one in Jerusalem unaware of the things that have happened over the last few days? You're like, not woke, get dude. With the program, bro. Like, do you live under a rock? He's like, well, I did, but <laughs> I came out of it yep, three days I later. I under a rock the last three days. Let's see what you did there. Uh, actually, yeah, I'm kind of unaware. Hello. I've been dead. Jesus asked, what things? The things about Jesus, the man from Nazareth, they they replied. He was a mighty prophet of God who performed miracles and wonders. His words were powerful, and he had a great favor with God and the people. Uh, but three days ago, the high priest and the rulers of the people sentenced him to death and had him crucified. But we trusted that it uh, had been he 
who should have redeemed Israel. And beside all of this, today is the third day since these things were done. Early this morning, some of the women uh, informed us of something amazing. They said that they went to the tomb and found it empty. They claimed that two angels appeared to them and told them that Jesus is now alive. Some of us went to see for ourselves and found the tomb exactly as the woman had described, but no one has seen him. They said to him, oh, then he said to them, oh, foolish ones and slow of heart to believe in the things that the prophets have spoken. Ought not the Christ to have suffered these things and entered into his glory? In beginning at, at Moses and the prophets, he expounded to them all uh, of the things in the scriptures that concerned himself. As they approached the village, Jesus walked on ahead of them, telling uh, them he was going to a distant place. He urged them to remain there. Uh, they urged him to remain there with them and pleaded, stay with us. It will be dark soon. So Jesus went with them to the village. Joining them at the table for supper, he took bread and blessed it and broke it. He gave it to them. All at once, their eyes were opened and they realized that it was Jesus. Suddenly in a flash, Jesus vanished from before their eyes. Stunned, they looked at each other and said, why didn't we recognize him? Didn't our hearts burn with flames of holy passion when he walked beside us? Uh, he unveiled for us so many profound things um, about the scriptures. And so, yeah, you have Jesus like kind of appearing to Hanging these out. people who knew right. him, right? His right. disciples and um, revealing things in the scriptures in the Old Testament, right? right. About himself. Um it's like they didn't recognize him yeah. for who he was supposed to be, who he intended uh, to be when he came to earth. Like this whole point, they missed it um, and they needed him to reveal that to them. Hmm. Anyways, I thought that was cool. I thought that was right on point with with the whole weekend and, and kind of where we as Christians kind of find ourselves a lot. Yeah. I, mean, I think Mark and Laura went into this. Kind of like our expectations of Jesus, just like the disciples, you know, just like when he was on the cross and, you know, Mark set this this scene up where it was like you have the, the soldiers mocking him saying, like, come down from the cross. Right. Um, but you also have, you know, John and Jesus's mother, like also kind of, you know, as Mark said, kind of whispering to in a serious tone, like, please come down, you know, right. please save yourself. Um, we need you. And that's kind of where we find ourselves a lot, you know, in life. What do you mean? To each other? Like save yourself? No. Or are to, you saying? To, to God, just kind of this, hey, we need you to be our savior. Like, you know, I, I think Laura took that point further and was just like, because um, it's the same, they, they, you know, they talked about the Palm Sunday and this whole like save us idea. Save yourself. Right, us, right. You know? I think what I'm saying is that. For his mother to be looking on tearfully saying, please save yourself. And if you're the son, of, you know, people yelling, if you're the son of God, you can save yourself. They weren't getting it beforehand, you know, right. like, I mean, honestly, who's going to, who's going to really understand the gravity of it after, until after it happens. But yeah, because I think it was this, was it? He ha he couldn't save himself. That was the whole point. <laughs> I think it was this save yourself and us. Right. Uh -huh. um, and so it's like, we, we have this expectation of what God's going to do in our lives. And like, it's what he's doing. Isn't at all what we're expecting. Right. And so I think that's where we get let down. That's where we blame God. Um, that's the part we hate because we have no control. Yeah. And I think we've all been there, you know, like things don't work out the way that we suppose. Right. And she brought in the Isaiah 55, like my ways are not your ways. Right. And, right. Um, that like hope was lost, but yet, uh, 
hope was found in a different way. Yeah. Yeah. The I don't think the way you think, the way you work isn't the way I work. So, um, anyways, I um Sorry, I was reading the Isaiah fifty five uh, on my phone. I follow this uh this theologian, um, Bible scholar, Michael Heiser, and he had a really cool insight. This might be a little too brainiacy for some people, but that's okay. I love it. Um You're brainiacy. He uh so he he's talking about this whole idea of like the disciples not recognizing Jesus. Like so we have like all of this Old Testament prophecy, right? We Mark talked about it some this weekend. Um, you know, written hundreds of years before even the cross was invented about this, you know, suffering servant. You have it in Isaiah, you have it in Psalms, you know. Um, and it's like, why didn't they see it? And uh, I'm, Well, I'm these just... are also generations removed. And I feel like we don't think about that sometimes. Yeah. When we're like, what was wrong with these people? I'm like, these are generations before and they didn't have the internet and they didn't have the word of mouth that yeah. we have. You know what I mean? They had the scriptures though. I know, but okay. But everyone, everyone couldn't read. Everyone didn't hear. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so this guy, uh, his name's Michael. You're Hunter. like, mm-hmm. No, I mean, no, I but think I'm this serious. I feel like, I feel like it's easy for us in our day and age to look back and say, you know, why were all of these people like this? Why are you like this? But it's yeah. like, they didn't have the same access. Yeah. You know? I think we should give more credit to I'm um, serious. Like, it's crazy. Uh, you know, so like, sorry, I got you off the topic. You were no, but like you, even, it, no, that that is the exact same topic. Uh, so like Jesus told him that he was going to go to Jerusalem to die, and like they got angry, right? So it's right. like, what's the deal? Like, um, like they 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 weren't dumb. Heiser's argument is they they weren't dumb. Their ignorance was like result of God's plan to like conceal this whole prophecy, because his idea is that like if. And Paul talks about this in, in Corinthians, mm-hmm. like that it was this mystery that like God hid it. So none of the rulers of this age knew this is like first Corinthians two. Um, for if they had known um, before the ages, like b- b- before, like when the prophecy was written, if they had known that this whole thing was going to happen, like um, they would not have crucified the Lord. Like it, it, it is really talking about like the power, like the enemy, right? Satan right. and the, the rulers and the, the principalities that how Paul describes them. Like if they knew that instigating people like the high priest and, and Judas to crucify God, if they knew that that was going to accomplish God's plan, they wouldn't have done it. Like, right. They, 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 they knew that Jesus was there. Like that the prophesied Messiah was there. You see this in Matthew, you see it in, this, in Luke. Um, and the Old Testament was clear that this stuff was going to happen at some point, um, but it was hidden. Like it was, it was segmented. And so, like the stuff that you see in Isaiah, the stuff that you see in Habakkuk, uh, even in Exodus, like about the Messiah, it's it's they're never at the same part. Like the Isaiah stuff that we always read, you know, pierce for mm-hmm. our, our transgressions, crushes crush for our sins. Like this, mm-hmm. the word Messiah is never used there. Right. Um, and so, but the imagery, like, but I, I guess the idea is that. Um, this stuff was hidden in plain sight. Right. And so it's not this idea that the, the disciples were so dumb to not recognize Jesus's plan and why he was actually there. Um, but more so the idea that it was hidden on purpose mm-hmm. um, so that it would come to fruition. And the fact that Jesus had to open the eyes of the disciples mm-hmm. to see him in the old Testament really speaks to the fact that like, Hey, this wasn't 
necessarily like obvious. It is to us now because we also have our eyes open. We see everything now, right? Right. Um, And like you're saying, like we have access, unlike they did. Um, But really, this was all part of the plan, right? To kind of keep it obscure, and so. I, I do like though the the like where Mark and Laura took it. And they're like, "Hey, God's intent for coming to Earth wasn't necessarily to just make us comfortable, right? Or have everything go our way, right? Um, it was to save us from sin." Yeah, and I I think you know there's so much talk about prosperity gospel and negative connotations around that, but I do think and and people associate that with money a lot of times, but I think. I think we are guilty as Christians sometimes of of seeing God as when we say savior, you think of a savior and like they're going to save us from all these bad things in our lives. And and I think that's what I liked about what Laura talked about in the message. He, he did come to save us from ourselves, from our sin, but he didn't come. And she said this specifically. He didn't come to save our marriage. He didn't come so that we could have wealth. He didn't come so we could have comfort or health or any other reason. He came to save our soul. Right. And yeah. I, I think I think it's we're so self-absorbed as human beings. I mean, that's it's what we're predisposed to be is selfish. And, you know, we think, oh, well, he's our savior. He's going to he's going to fix all the things. Yeah. And obviously we can always see in retrospect how that's not how the story always plays out. Although I don't know, man, so many times he hasn't answered the prayers the way I wanted him to. Right. I can still look back and be like, well, that wasn't a great ending in the moment. Of course, now I can see why I see, mm-hmm. you know, like when someone tragically dies, right? Like, mm-hmm. like I had a family member that passed away as a child and I'll say even to this day, many years later, I still don't see why, right. but I can see God's faithfulness surrounding the circumstance. And I can see, I still, I still wish it didn't happen obviously and I'm still angry like I don't know that that goes away when we have those times in our lives that we've prayed for something and even though in retrospect we can go oh wow I see where God moved you can still be angry Mm -hmm. like you can still be like wasn't there another way um I just love that we're able to look back and say oh but this wouldn't have happened or this wouldn't have happened or this wouldn't have happened you know had that you know I get off track. I digress a lot. I think that's like, I think that's where we do relate the most with Jesus's followers in this Mm -hmm. story is that like, and and we've been talking about this, but I think you you just said it in the best way is like, we were looking for Jesus to do something specific. Right. And that wasn't necessarily his plan. Right. So it's like our plan wasn't necessarily aligning with his plan. Mm -hmm. And so some of his disciples, you know, wanted him to overthrow Rome. Right. right. Um, well, and like, yeah. Why 33? Why did you have to be 33? Why didn't you stick around longer? You could have reached more right. people. Right. And so specifically like, like, uh, if you get into this, uh, I think that the show, um, gosh, what's that show? The chosen, the chosen. I think this represents this in a really good way. Yeah. Um, you look at certain disciples like Judas who was, extremely zealous for this revolutionary Mm -hmm. idea of like, we're going to create this uh, Jewish state that's Mm going to overthrow Rome. Um, And they were looking to Jesus for something very specific um, to supply their need uh, in in a, not necessarily a selfish way, but in a very specific way that wasn't the same purpose and intent 
that Jesus was setting out to fulfill. Right, but not malicious. Not at all. Right. And so I think that's the therein is a problem that Mark and Laura talked about is when we're looking for God, to God to fix something specific for us, and it doesn't have to be this selfishness, it doesn't have to be this malicious thing, um, but that's not what he's setting out to do. Right. We get hurt, um, and we blame God, mm-hmm. and we we it's 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 this this negative feedback loop. Um, but as you're saying, man, you hit the nail on the head because I've experienced this. I think we all have so many times where it's this with time and healing and prayer and waiting. We we don't always see the reason, and right. I don't ever think there's one reason. No, you know, like right. oh, this is the reason why this happened because I ended up at this place and I met my spouse and like blah blah blah. Right. Like I don't think there's ever just one reason, but I do think we look back on on situations with new eyes. Mm-hmm. I think that's that's really human, and I think it's 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 part of uh, God's way that we uh, repent and we turn back to Him, and yeah. um, is that we we can have fresh eyes on situations. I, t- I used to tell students all the time. Um, part of being a student pastor was like constantly counseling students through uh, breakups. Um, right. And it's funny, you know, um, but it's really easy for me as, you know, a a, a 20 something year old to be like, I promise you, you will be over this. Like, I promise you that you will. But it's that teenage heartbreak that prepares them for the next thing. Exactly. Like like, God uses all those. You're going to look back on this with new eyes. I promise you, you're going to date somebody else that you'll like even more than this guy or this girl, you know, um, and so it was a really easy promise to make because I, I knew through experience sure. of all of the humans yeah. ever that. Well, like, we know everything. We can tell our kids, just trust me, just trust me. They're they don't not. Believe us. I know. Right. <laughs> so I mean, it's hard. like, no. I, yeah, I hate it already because I mean, I was there but too. But I hear, I mean, I, I see what you're saying though. Yeah. It's that the, yeah. you may never know the reason. You know, right. you might ask God why until the day that you die. Yeah. Um, and people say, we may never know this side of heaven. That's a big churchy cliche thing. Like mm. we may never know this side of heaven, why this person had to die or why we didn't get this job. And I'm like, we may never know on the other side either. Right. <laughs> we don't know. Yeah. And so I think but trust that just, and faith. Yes. That's Ugh. the thing. See, yeah. You just did hate it. that. Like we'll never, just like we never trusted our parents. And if you're on the parent side of this, you probably are. Cause you're listening to a podcast. You just want <laughs> your kids to like, just trust me. Right. I know more about life than you. I know that that's like, a bad decision. I love you, and I'm doing this because I love you. Um, man, that is such a good insight into how God sees us yeah. and how we see God with these situations that we think we know better. Right. And God really knows more about life and his plan. What? I mean, he wrote it, um, and yet it's still so hard, and I would yeah. even argue impossible uh, for us to fully get there. I think even in wisdom years— wisdom years does that make sense but i'm saying even as we get older and Mm -hmm. we we come into more wisdom and we come into a greater um awareness of our discernment if that's a spiritual gift that you possess but like i think the older i get the more i'm like i know i just don't even expect god to do what i want anymore now i'm just like lord you got this we're Mm -hmm. good we're good i don't love it don't get me wrong but i just think i don't think you ever stop thinking you know better yeah even though you have more wisdom, the older you get, yeah. you know? So. Yeah. I've met some really, really wise people who have an incredible faith and trust in God. Uh, I work with some of them. Um, and it is something I desire. You know, when Yeah. We- but I wonder if 
Okay, come on. Think about that person, though. Like everybody, anybody listening to this and even you and me right now, we can think about that person that's older and wiser than us. And they have this unshakable faith and this trust in Christ, right? Even they have moments. They probably don't say it out loud, but they have the moments even today where they're like, I give up. I just give up. I'm trusting because I'm tired and I'm old and I'm tired and I'm old. I'm just like, whatever, whatever's going to happen is going to happen. And so I think the older we are, we just give up on trying to figure it out. Or just maybe we've been through so much that. Sure. And seen so much. Could anything more go wrong? Um, No. Um, I I mean, I, I, I'm personally thinking of of Dick Hill in the moment. Right. I thought about him too. It's just like, yeah, man, you've been through so much and like, here you are on the other side, trusting God. And so, um, but he's so chill. Dick is, you know, and like, he's just so chill about, I just imagine he gets a phone call and it's the most horrific thing he hears on the other end of the call. And he's like, well, and I believe he is calm because he truly, truly trusts and believes that God is in control. Right. Like he's, he's no longer shaken like he used to be, you know, yeah. does that make sense? Yeah. Why so. does it take us to be like older to get there that sucks i wish we could like have the knowledge early on it's kind of like you wish you knew about how to manage money when you were a teenager and you'd have so much more i do think the teenager (laughs) adult like metaphor is so perfect yeah because my goodness i just want to like and and i'm gonna have to deal with this with my son when he gets older it's just like please believe me right (laughs) you know he won't um exactly and i already know that he won't um i already know that he's gonna have to to get through it the hard way but i i really do think that this like and and I think that's why like us calling God like using parental ways like m- like words to describe God just makes sure. so much sense. Yeah. Um, but it's also so painful for people yeah. when you liken God to yeah. your have your True. earthly father. I mean, we know that story True. of if your earthly father was terrible, then True. um, yeah. Cool. Sorry, you were talking about the disciples, and now we're talking about being moms no, and dads, and it's totally fine. It's a hard this job. Podcast is for. We actually um, just straight jumped into talking about the message that we um, we we skipped uh, we skipped our hot take. We usually kind of do hot take at the beginning because right. like it's like we're easing into the stuff, but right. like we just we just went straight we for just, it, blew right past it. Um, anything like message related before we just move on um, and wrap that kind of section? No, I think you know, I think whether you grew up in church or whether this is a new thing for you, we've all heard like. Hey, God loves you. God loves you. And, and I think this weekend them talking about, he didn't come to save us so that we could be comfortable and all that. I think even if we already know that it's just a good reminder, you know, I think that's what I love about Easter and Christmas is sometimes I think we say, Oh, I don't need to go to church on Easter or Christmas. If I'm not a big church goer, because I already know the story. I already know Jesus was born on Christmas. Mm -hmm. I already know he was resurrected on Easter, but I think there's such a a power in going because I don't even know if this is tracking with you right now, but hearing this this thing that we already know but you need to be reminded of it you know it's kind of like when you listen to a podcast or read a book there's not some new revelatory thing that you get out of it but it's just being reminded of hey life is not going to be unicorns and fairies you know that's it's not how it is i don't know i just this is why he came he came to save and he came to save our soul and he came to give us abundant life eternal life and that doesn't mean the abundance is in this life I just got way off. On no, thing, I mean, like, I don't know. I think, I think that's my, right. my closing with, I guess if we're talking about the, the message or whatever, it's just, yeah. you know, 
it's not something new under the sun for people who've gone to church their whole lives, but it's, I think it's good to have that annual reminder of like, do you, do you remember and appreciate the gravity of this thing? Yeah. Um, and absolutely. let's remember what it was for and what it was not for. Yeah. I think there can be, I think you can glean new things out of it every single time too. Um, I, I've, I've heard that from people older than me too, that like, it's like the older you get, the, the, the more you realize you, you don't know, um, yeah. with life and with God and, and, and with love and things like that. Um, and so like, I, I do think it can be like, I, I, otherwise, why would I listen to the same U2 songs over and right. over, you know, like, right. uh, and so, because like I can get more out of them, but also because I do want to re-experience them. And so, I mean, that was my prayer for the team before Good Friday and, you know, this team yeah. of like what I would call varsity Christians is like, I don't want to skip Easter. Like, I don't want to miss Good Friday. Like, just because we know the story, like right. I want us to interact with this, uh, in a really like messy, visceral way. Right. Um, because we need it, you know, right. like I, I don't want to just brush past Christmas just because we've done it so many times, you know, exactly. on our church staff. Like I want us to really play with this face to face, um, and get in the weeds. But see, I think that's what I appreciate about Mark and Laura's Easter message this year is usually it's just the, well, so this is what happened the week before. And then Jesus died on the cross and he's here for your sins. And if you don't know Jesus, I feel like, I feel like they made it more personal you yeah. know, like it wasn't a typical Easter message and it was like, Hey, we're coming off of a really terrible 18 months in our world. And, you know, mm. the resurrection isn't because God's going to make COVID go away tomorrow. Right. It's because we have set, we need him. We need a savior to get through these times because these times are a coming and they're not going to stop. And I just, I don't know. I just, I, I appreciated that it wasn't typical. You know what I mean? It was, mm-hmm. It was deeper than that, so. Yeah. I also really liked the music. It was, it was really special. Y'all, Sheree made the music happen. Um, Sheree's well, the creative arts, the executive director of creative arts, I think. You're just adding um, words the, and letters. The global, <laughs> that's a, sorry, that's a church joke. The global you're director dumb. of creative arts. Um, yeah, and so, man, give her a, a no, high No, 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 it was, it, was, uh, it was all kinds of other people that did great things to make things happen and God bless the body of Christ. Either way, I felt like everything was just so helpful. That's such mm. a basic word. Yeah. But I just felt like I sat through the service like a hundred times and I felt like every single time I got something different out of it mm. and felt, I felt hopeful and you know, I already trust in the hope of Christ, but like, I still felt like, okay, every song, every word spoken made me feel like it's going to be Basically, okay. we're telling you to go back and watch Good Friday Pretty much. and Easter, um, I really, I meant to say this earlier, I really made a, a very conservative effort to, uh, concertive concerted effort, effort to make, um, if it was a conservative effort, conservative you didn't make effort, a very big effort, I didn't try very hard. a very concerted effort to, uh, make the good Friday experience work for the online viewing. And so what you see on yes. YouTube is that there was a, a, a bit of an issue with some camera encoding things. And so you'll see color bars. Oh, I'm not bagging on the online thing earlier. Oh, I wasn't no, 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 saying no. that. I it was just saying was different. But you yeah. will see some color bars every once in a while just because we had an issue. Um, that's not Like the emergency management system color bars? <laughs> yeah. Don't try to figure out that metaphor because uh, you'll probably one. be thinking for a long time. Of it was like, man, what does this mean? The code of many colors. Um, yeah. But I mean, Easter service too. I made a cut of this song that we did yesterday that's also on Facebook. 
Oh my gosh. Do you know, turn it's your an eight eyes. minute song. Listen to all of it because it's really two different parts and I'm afraid that people are going to stop listening after yes. like three minutes. You need to get through the entire song, uh, but just watch the whole service. Uh, it's amazing. Um, yeah. And then we're starting a new series this next week, the comeback season. So it is time. Come back to church. Um, get back in the habit. I know a lot of us um, still can't um, and we're watching online. That's great. I also know there's a lot of us because uh, I've had the conversation, so I know that we're out there who um, we've just gotten out of the habit and right. like, we're ready. We're, we're going everywhere we're else, go- but we're not going to church. We're going everywhere else, right. but we're, we're just not in the habit of going to church. Uh, I've literally been in that exact same spot in my life before, so I get um, how it works. Um, but this is your encouragement. Mark and Laura challenged us to be at church for this entire series, uh, right. six, in the six. next six weeks. I think it's like four to six, four weeks. I think, yeah. Weeks. Did he tell us though, to be at church the next? He said, give us six weeks, six weeks. So we're doing it. We're going to be at church every six weeks. Um, and with that, um, let's wrap with our hot takes. All just, right. Just in with some, some lighthearted fun stuff. So uh, do you want to go first? You want me to go first? You go first. All right. Here's my hot Cause take. Cause I have no idea where your brain is going right now. Um, yeah, this is great. Um, so I have a six, three Oh area code number. Okay. What is that? Chicago. I don't even know. It's straight up Chicago. Shut up. And so here's my here's my hot take about it. Is like, well, first of all, no one answers the phone when I call them, right? Because it's I'm not I'm not yeah. trying to tell you about your car's extended warranty. But we don't know that. And so I only ever if a six three zero number calls me, it's a car extended warranty, right? And I think I'm on their list because I have a six three zero number. And so. Um, I, I even screened like eight calls from this carpet company, Empire, uh, because it was a 630 number. And they I kept could calling totally me, and I sing like, that jingle right now. calling me. Yeah. yeah. When I called them to, to try to get carpet, I didn't have to look up their number. I right. had it memorized, and I was like, this is amazing. Right. That's a massive sidebar. But basically, I can't call anybody because I have a 630 number, and they're way less likely. So you're less likely to answer any number you, that you don't have. True. But if it's a even if it's a code, local, if it's a two eight one or a seven one three, I, I still think don't. You're a little bit more like maybe I don't know because if you're I don't not have in my caller ID. Number. I'm questioning it. And so, you know, we we got away from home phones really quickly. Right. Like they died quickly, and now I'm almost like we're getting away from like being able to call people pretty soon here. It's like if you're not in my contacts, like I'm not. I'm a I'm terrible human because I would be fine with that. I hate talking on the phone. Yeah. And it's not even I hate. Once I'm on the phone, I'm fine. It's kind of like you never want to get up on Sunday morning and go to church because the sun is out and you get sit by the pool. But once you get there, you're so glad you went. "Mm." Same thing with a phone call for me. I never want to answer it and I'm annoyed. But once I get on the call, I'm like, you know what? That wasn't so bad. We connected. I think here's the actual like. All right. Here's the hot take. take. Sorry. Yeah. Um, It's that your area codes eventually aren't going to have anything to do with location uh, because it all, all it will really represent. Oh my gosh. I didn't even think about that. All it will really represent is where you were. When right. You It'll be like were, satellite numbers when you were the age yeah. of getting a phone. So like I, if something, unless something weird happens, I'll probably have the same number for the rest of my life. Right. Which will be a Chicago area code. And sure. people will be like, you know, I'll have lived in Texas for 40 years and right. people will be like, Oh, you're from Chicago. And I'm but like, it well, won't be weird anymore. Because yeah. no one's area code is necessarily their geography. Right. And so when, right. when you have a city, especially like Houston, where people are moving in and out, it's kind of like, right. yeah, when I was 14 and got a phone, I lived in Chicago. That's all it means. Right. And so, yeah, I, I will carry this Chicago area code with me forever and have little to do with Chicago. Okay, so what, like, what's your stressor about it, though? My stressor? No, is it I, that people don't answer the phone because they don't know the area code? It's kind of both. It's kind of like I'm really annoyed by that. And so I have to text people before I call them now. But it's also just kind of like... 
area codes are a weird thing yeah that we assign them based on location but then like we take that phone with us because we don't have landlines anymore yeah area codes don't make sense anymore i get that i do get that i hadn't thought about that but you're right they kind of don't it's to me and maybe i think they're gonna drop off I think we'll have them, but it's just like they won't like, Maybe? I, I guess the experience is weird for me because every single time I give my phone number, including yesterday, people are like, oh, six real. What's that? Even Wait, you today. Yeah. And so I'm just like, I, should I get a Houston number? Like, will that put people at ease? No, um, I don't. I don't think the area code matters anymore. It's just the phone number. It's just how you connect with someone else's. You have to have 10 numbers. Yeah. Anyway, that's work. the take is that all the area code means is where you were, what city you were in when you were at a some teenager point, and got right. your first phone. <laughs> like, yeah, or where you're it. scamming me from. And the more that we move around the country, mm-hmm. like let's say your kids, you know, live in different states when they're adults, they will yeah. have Houston area codes. Well, and like my son is 13 and he has a cell phone and his area code is 346, is which like is a, a new, new Houston, Houston area one? area okay. code, which is like, what? That's just so bizarro. Anyways, yeah. that's enough. What's uh what's your what's your hot take? Um my hot take is not good. This week was standardized testing in Texas, Ooh. the star test. Star. If you're I'm not saluting. from Texas, I'm sorry you're having to listen to this, but I'm an anti standardized testing, especially during the year of COVID quarantine stuff. Anti staxer. Oh and yes, anti standster. <laughs> standardized okay, stop. Anyway, standardized testing was on Tuesday for all the estudiantes, and actually it's Wednesday and Thursday. Actually, it's been this whole week and coming up, and I don't love that. I get it. I get it that we need to have a standard. I get it that we need to see where our kids are, but I hope it's not held against them this year. Ew. And then I also, my other, this isn't really a hot take for everybody, I guess, but like, you know, major, major projects and major grades were due this week, the same week of standardized testing. I'm like, what? Nimrod decided this made sense. I don't know if this qualifies as a hot take, but it, I've been pretty hot about it this week. But a lot of parents are. I mean, there's a lot of us on social media that are mm. not a big fan of the standardized test. Army. And mm. teachers. Yeah. Our nobody, teachers. So nobody God likes them, them, basically. That's the thing. I get why you have to have it, because you've got to make sure that there's, you know, there's a standard across the country. I mean, like, we're all trying to get in the same colleges, and we need to all be at the same a certain kind of level to qualify for things. I get it. But like, dude, I feel like it should be more accountability for the educators than accountability for. Well, I think it is accountability for educators, but I feel like this year is the worst because our educators haven't even gotten to do what they do best because it's been so weird for sure. You know? And I just feel like it's, it's not fair. It's not fair to them or the kids. Yeah. You know? So that's my, you said hot take. I think I made it a hot topic. Sorry. Hot topic. Like hot a store. topics. Hot pockets. Um, yeah. Who wants pizza? I, yeah. I've got a love-hate relationship with, with, with standardized testing. Um, yeah. Just because I think part of me would say like, ah, don't sweat it. Like it really isn't going to have a huge bearing on your life. Um, and I think some students. Think it will it have a bearing if it means that a child cannot matriculate to the next grade because oh, they gosh. didn't. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's the issue. That, uh, the The passing for that is like mm-hmm. extremely low so it might be a good thing i don't know i'm getting no, 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 yeah, yeah no i'm not saying it's a bad thing i'm saying this year i'm oh, like really year, it's ridiculous it's kind of hard i do i say love hate because like i i 
I'm not a genius, but I happen to do really, really well on uh, one of the college. Jacob is a genius, y'all. Um, Jacob, do you no. want to share what your SAT score was? No, I don't. But I okay, did, well, it was really I did, high. I did well enough on it that it was like, oh, whoa, I did well on it. And right. then, like, I got a bunch of, like, money to go to college. So, like, it was one of those things where it's like, I was thankful for that. Because right. that, like, kind of leapfrogged me into Well, that was an interesting money. word to use since you were a horn frog. Yeah, horn frog for life. Hello. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Is that like a river the frog voice? No, but it did. Um, it catapulted you to the next thing. I get that. Yeah. And so, yeah. like, despite, like, class rank or grades or whatever. So right. I was like, oh, wait. Um, so it's kind of the opposite of what most people say. It's like, oh, like, I didn't do well on this. And so, like, no, I, like. It's so unfair because I'm not good at taking tests. And I totally understand that argument. For me, it was just the opposite to where it's like, oh, people think I deserve this or that because I'm right. good at taking tests. Right. Um, so, yeah. Sorry, that was a hot topic, not a hot take. No, it's fine. It was great. Um, but you know what? That's the reality of what's happening in the world right now, at least in the Texas world. Standard testing funny. the same everywhere. I don't even know if the country no, does it all not. at the same time. Texas is like so cool and powerful that they have to have their own. Um, I could do a whole hot take. I could do a whole podcast on Texans. Mm-hmm. Sorry, everybody. But for example, right now, AC in the summer, yes. heater in the winter, it's Siri hot. beeping me up. I said AC, not Hey Siri. Anyways, let's wrap this podcast. Yes. Um, we love you guys. Thanks for listening in. It was and, fun. Uh, Tell Cherie that she did an incredible job. Please don't. Please. Jacob is a rock star. Come to church. Um, Starting this Sunday, comeback season. We want to see you there. So we love you guys. Have a great one. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Community of Faith podcast. The views, opinions, and beliefs expressed by the individuals on the show do not necessarily represent those of Community of Faith or its founding pastors. For more information about Community of Faith, check out our website, cof.church. That's charlieoscarfoxtrot.church.